Hey everybody, this is Dr. Fuller, and you're listening to Black Men Sunday with Corey. It's a Black Men Sunday. Time to put all childish things away. I refuse to be the man I was yesterday. Gotta put my best foot forward and elevate. What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray. We're talking about generational wealth. We're talking about finance and we're talking about business. And before we introduce today's guest, my man, Eric from Huntsville, a.k.a. Hunts Vegas, Alabama. Y'all fresh off homecoming, bro. Tell me what's going on. Please tell me y'all didn't lose to Ski Gay. Hey, thanks for the intro, uh, Corey. And uh, no, of course not. We didn't lose to Tuskegee, man. We beat them with a whomping 58 to 3. Can you believe that? I mean, we played them like they forgot they had a game that day. <laughs> but but anyway, going forward with that, uh, because this past, past week was homecoming, I figured I would do something that was close to home. The person with spotlight today, her name is Ethel Hall, who happened to be my aunt. Dr. Hall, she was the first African-American woman to be elected to the Alabama State Board of Education and has served as vice president for 10 years in which she presided over the meetings when the governor of Alabama was absent. Now, during her 20-year tenure on the board, she has also held positions with the education commissions to the states, the Governor's Commission on Institutional Improvement and Academic Estimates, and she was a National Commission on Teaching and America's Future. Dr. Hall was also a recipient of the more than 200 honors and awards, including being named as the Birmingham's Best Business Journal as one of the top 10 women making a difference. In 1999, she was awarded the NASBE Distinguished Service Award by the National Association of State Boards of Education. She wrote a book which titled My Journey, on which she shared her experiences with racial tension, discrimination, and poverty with the portraits of her family and love she transferred from her from a farmer's daughter determined to achieve the higher education that others thought to be impossible. She was a dedicated mother and educator and even further, a statewide political leader. Lawson State, which is located in Birmingham, um, Community College also had a building after her. That's my spotlight today, Corey. My aunt, Dr. Ethel Hall. Now back to you. Wow. Hey, that's that's impressive, man. I appreciate you with that spotlight, man. You know, coming off that homecoming win, you dropped your aunt on the show. Are we doing it big, man? I appreciate you, man. Oh, let me, you know, let me throw the quick, a, a quick tidbit while we're talking about homecoming. Yesterday's home, well, last week's homecoming was the biggest homecoming event ever. We sold out. We had over 29,000 people to attend. And the school uh, generated a record $1.4 million yesterday from homecoming. It was a big one yesterday. Very yes. And that's, that's all that money goes to the school. So, you know, anytime money is helping our own, hey, I'm I'm super happy about that. Yeah, there you go, man. Alabama AM, you know, right. I'm Florida AM because I always mess you up and say Alabama State, but you say, hey, I'm an AM like you. So I appreciate that. And I'm glad y'all guys, doing y'all thing. And, and we play you guys next week at Battle Fake Place, man. You so oh there yeah. you go, man. Yeah, there you go. Coming. Yeah, y'all coming, but we coming too. Them rattlers. We about the mighty rattlers. We not ski gay. We going to get you. <laughs> so I appreciate that spotlight, my brother, from Huntsville, a.k.a. Hunts, Vegas, Alabama, man. 
So now let's go on to introduce today's guest. It's Black Men Sundays, man. We have Dr. Marlon Fuller. Doctor, this brother here was the first out of 13 kids to go to college. The first in his family to get a doctorate degree. You know, when I listen to music, I love hip hop. This brother loves hip hop like I love it. He might love it a little bit more. I mean, this brother came out with an album called The Syllabus. It's the world's first G-rated financial literacy album. This brother's a family man. Him and his wife co-founded the Cool Kids Organization. They promote financial literacy to the kids. So if y'all sitting here thinking, I don't know if my son or my daughter's ready for financial literacy, you're going to find out today. This brother has a festival coming up. Finlit Festival, March of 2024. That's around my birthday, so I hope I get an invite. This brother has a financially based school curriculum. I think the last time we had him on Black Men Sunday, because he's Black Men Sunday alumni, the last time we had him on the show, he was about to go to Harvard and speak. This brother spoke has spoken at other Ivy League institutions, Fortune 500 companies. This brother spoken to the National Society of Black Engineers. You know, we national engineer aligned over here, so we got to find out about that. This brother's from Cali, West Coast. But he lives in my city, man. My man Joe told me, hey, you know, this man got a half a million dollar house. I'm like, okay, but we in Orlando with the, we all got half a million dollar houses. He was like, nah, but when you bought your house, his is worth half a million then. So this dude's getting that money. This brother's a philanthropist, an inventor, an entrepreneur, an investor, a father of four. Without further ado, Dr. Marlon Fuller, welcome back to Black Man Sundays, brother. How you doing, man? Hey, Corey, I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, the last time you came on the show, we done graduated a little bit. We was in junior high. We in college right now. So <laughs> and that's where I want to start this show, man. You know, uh, my man Joe can call me. He said, you know, uh, Dr. Fuller's daughter went viral. She met P. Diddy. I was like, what? So let's start right there, man. Yeah, well, uh, Interesting. And shout out to Joe Morgan, him and his wife. They're friends of ours. They they live in the Orlando area as well. And they they told me to tap into you a couple years ago. So I think I was the second guest that you had during the podcast. So I'm glad to be back, man. I, I love the growth. I love everything that you're doing. And, um, you know, in regards to what you said uh, around that Diddy clip. So we've been going to InvestFest. You know, we're just strictly focused on financial literacy. So you know, for the last, well, my wife and I, Christina, we've had a nonprofit for years now, uh, about eight years. Well, we, you know, long story short, during the pandemic, right before actually, we converted from math and reading enrichment for the youth to financial literacy education for the youth, right? And so um, we've been doing financial literacy for the longest and, um, you know, have had lots of success. And we incorporate influencers and musicians and celebrities and things like that and help us to amplify the message. Well, we've been going to InvestFest for the last couple of years with our JAR TV app. And so it's the first streaming financial literacy TV app for kids. You see JAR, it stands for Savings JAR. And so uh, JAR.TV is the URL. But we were at our booth and a lot of the influencers, they're, they're there um, and a lot of the, the businesses as well are focused on adults, right? There were probably four businesses that were focused on the youth, and we we're the biggest in the country when you talk about financial literacy education for youth, particularly when you talk about edutainment, you know, mixing education with entertainment. And so uh, 
we had a pretty prime location and, you know, I know one of the owners of InvestFest is the guys who do earn your leisure. And so anyway, uh, long story short, we ended up connecting with Diddy and uh, Diddy said, well, I want your daughter to walk with me. And so we walk in my, my daughter, Layla, she's uh, she's 11 and he's, she's walking with Diddy and uh, she's like, well, I, I want to hear you rap. <laughs> And so the viral clip was of Layla rapping to Diddy. And so he reposted it, which made it go viral. A lot of the influencers there, uh, they reposted it, which also, so it's had, I, I think, you know, millions and millions of impressions. And so when we think about what we can do for the youth, right, uh, there's, there's a thought process that, you know, focus on adults, right? Let's help rebuild the credit. Like, okay, our thought process is let's give them things that, they can use and amplify that they don't even get to the point where their credit's messed up, right? And we know about compound interest, but what about compound education? And so the things that we're putting into the youth are the things that adults wish they learned when they were kids. And so I'm able to partner with the TIs of the world and get celebrities and influencers to repost because we're really in a space that nobody thinks is important. But I can tell you that, you know, my seven-year-old, my 11-year-old, my 12-year-old, they'll school most adults on financial literacy, but it's not just not about like what my kids know. I want the things my kids know. I want every kid to know that, right? And then, and we also started going into uh, adult master classes, which everything we do is for free. Um, and so, you know, that's just the, the, the ins and outs of how we kind of got there and where we are now. Yeah, definitely, man. And, you know, uh, last time I had you on, you played a song um, you had with T.I., but then you were telling us, you know, you had an album coming, the syllabus. You know, I'm I'm ready to jump in. You know, I'm a hip-hop lover. You're a hip-hop guy. I mean, yeah. it's the world's first G-rated financial literacy album. So just tell us the impetus of that and just tell us the, you know, the type of uh, love that you're just receiving for that. And for the brothers listening that, that want to get a copy, how can we do that? Yeah, yeah. And so the syllabus is not only the first G-rated financial literacy album, it's just the first financial literacy album altogether, right? No one has ever thought like, let's put one subject and just focus on this one thing, particularly things that schools don't teach, right? Uh, so we put it together and I was able to incorporate a lot of the, the people that's in my network, right? And then they were then able to amplify that. And so, you know, on the album at TI, have Keith Murray, have Chubb Rock, uh, PBD Gray in the Atlanta area, Trans Lee, who's on TI's Grand Hustle label, tons of other artists, including the WNBA player, uh, Essence Carson. Uh, she had one of the coldest verses on there. So tap into it. But when you talk about where it is, uh, the syllabus, we, we launched it last year and it's streaming on all the, the streaming platforms. So the, the titles, the Spotify's, the Apple Music's everywhere. And so the goal of the album is to educate while entertaining, right? And so that's kind of where we're, we're going, even with the next album, because the next album, I, I, I have a, a single coming out. And that clip that you referred to with uh, my daughter and Diddy, that's going to be part of the first video. Um, and so what you'll hear on the first one is mainly myself and some other artists. I wrote all my own verses, even though I'm not a musician, right? I have the information and I love hip hop. So I had to do something and it's, it's, it's kind of my masterpiece, right? When we talk about legacy, what will we leave the next generation? That was part of what my legacy is. And so the first album is the syllabus freshman year. 
the next one we're coming out is the syllabus sophomore year. And we have uh, we have Cassidy on it. We have uh, King Glows. We have The Game. We have Jada Kiss. We have a lot of dope artists that's going to be a part of the, the next album. Definitely great information, man. And, you know, what type of enrichment do you provide, not just to the kids, but like to the family, to the parents out there? Yeah. Uh, so we and, and this was something that came back from just feedback. And so we are pouring so much into the youth and we taught over 20,000 kids nationwide around financial literacy. And then with our micro learning, when you talk about celebrities resharing our content, we're in the tens of millions. Uh, we, we just kind of lost track at this point is, is we're not really shooting for a number. We're shooting for purpose. But what we heard back from the parents is saying, you know, my kid knows more financial literacy stuff than I do. My kid is coming back and telling me about real estate investing in duplex, triplex and fourplex with and getting a residential mortgage. My kid is coming back telling me that I need a 529 plan. My kid is coming back telling me that don't buy me Nike Jordans, right? Buy me Nike stock. And so they were saying, we need some information. And so what we saw during our, our classes, and we did everything on Zoom, right? For free. Uh, I think our biggest class, we had uh, over a thousand people. We ended up having to upgrade our Zoom account just because we went over the 1000 limit um, per for just for one class. And so what we, what we did is said, okay, let's do master classes free, Right. During the pandemic, you saw people charging and still ten thousand, five thousand, twenty thousand dollars for master classes. We've always given information for free because the people that we're trying to touch don't necessarily have the income. Right. In order to do that. And that's this is what we're we're doing this for. Right. How can we impact the wealth gap? So we created about nine master classes where we could have charged a thousand dollars per class because we were talking about real estate investing stock uh, purchasing, Airbnb business, how to flip real estate. We are talking about how to do a multitude of different things, including the, like a Turo business, how you can utilize your car in order to start making money on Turo.com. We had so many different initiatives that we were uh, kind of engaging the adults with. And so during that time frame, we taught about 3000 adults. So um, that's kind of where we are right now. And we're just going to keep going. Definitely. And one thing I love about the coolkids.org is that, you know, you're promoting the financial literacy. So when the kids get the knowledge, they they're each one teach one basis. And that's what I love about it. So but I want to jump ahead because, you know, for the guys that want to get more in depth with the coolkids.org, just brother was on our second episode. Is it too early for your kids to invest? You know, this is the master class right here. We're not just like the 400 level. We're not going back to the 101. We we, we moving forward. So let's talk about this Finlit Fest, man. It's coming up in March around my birthday. What is that? What's going on, brother? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, well, well the album, first of its kind, right? No one has ever done a financial literacy album. Uh, no one has ever done a financial streaming TV app. You know, so we're like the Netflix of family finance. We have over 600 pieces of content. And when it comes to a financial literacy business and music festival for kids, no one has ever done that either. Um, and so this will be on March 16th um, next year in Morehouse inside of the Ray Charles Performing Arts Center. We're super excited. So we have it at an HBCU. We're going to have it for uh, 550 kids indoors. Um, and we're really focused on middle and high school students. And so we're going to be partnering with uh, you know politicians, uh, city officials, school education officials at the school board, uh, as well as celebrities and experts uh, that are going to be 
entertaining and educating. So if you can think about uh, panel sessions with experts, um, musicians given financial literacy based musical performances, and then having kidpreneur businesses. And so we have spots for kidpreneurs to come out with their business. Um, we're not charging them for their booth. This is gonna be an event to like really amplify their efforts and try to link them with the resources from a corporate America um, perspective. Uh, we're looking to have sponsors that actually fund uh, a lot of our activity, including giving um, students um, custodial accounts. And so while the, the students are inside being edutained, right, educated and entertained, we're going to have different partners that are going to be um, working with the parents to sign them up with funded custodial accounts, right, because we want them to leave with wealth. And that we know is that if we look at the wealth gap, and this is why we're really doing this, right? The wealth gap right now is by 2053, Black wealth in the U.S. will be zero. By 2053, Black wealth in the U.S. will be down to zero. If you look at the wealth gap now, the average wealth of uh, Black Americans is around $12,000. You look at white households, it's around 10 times that amount. And we know all the different reasons why Blacks and Hispanics and people of color don't have wealth, right? We know about, you know, institutionalized racism, racism, slavery, redlining, Jim Crow, and all of the different things that happened and are still happening to this date, right? But from a solution standpoint, what can we do to pour into each other so that they can pour into each other? And so one of my trademarks is each one teach 10. Right. And so I get the commitment from our students. I get the commitment from our parents that this information is to be shared. Like I have my kids downstairs right now and I could be doing a million different things right now, but I'm leading by example. Right. So on this call, we have a number of people that are currently tuned in to our virtual session. Right. If you think about this, all of these people, my challenge is I'm here so that I'm going to give you some information that can make everybody on this call a millionaire in the next five years, guaranteed. And then I want you to pour this into others. I don't want you to sell it in a master class. I just want you to pour into others because I think this is how we're going to amplify and get to the next level and get out of this rut that was dug for us. You know, we can get out. We just got to get out together. Okay. Well, hey, I want to hear it, man. Hey, I'm, I'm trying to be a millionaire in the next five years. Let's go, man. Let's go. Hey, like, like, like Lorenz Tate said in Love Jones, I don't want to wait. I want mine now. <laughs> and this is actually what we're going to be sharing um, at the Finlet Fest, right? We're going to be sharing this and uh, got tons of people that, that uh, I'll be announcing, but there's people that with millions and millions of followers that will be there. Um, I'll be interviewing them and there'll be some performances by people that you know and love, but I'll be sharing this because this is not rocket science, you know? Somebody just has to give you the information. Somebody just has to give you the knowledge. Like if I told you that uh, if you didn't buy an iPhone every time it came out, right, and you started buying iPhones when you were a kid, you would have about $1.5 million for your retirement. Like if you just didn't buy an iPhone every year, you can have a million dollars. So you can take that and do what you wanted to do with it, or you can, you can you know, engage with that information and take action on it. The same thing what we're talking about, what I'll share with you is about real estate investing. You know, right now, the real estate market, and and, and by the way, let me just give a disclaimer. Uh, I'm not a certified financial advisor. I'm not a realtor. I'm not a broker. I'm just a, a person that keeps all of those people around me, 
<laughs> so I believe like I'm an adult, I'm a, I'm a forever learner. And so, and I encourage my students to do the same thing. I encourage the adults that we educate to do the same thing. Keep learning. This information is online. You can Google it. Just, just go to YouTube and you're going to be able to find all this information. But there's a saying that with exposure is expansion. So hopefully I'm going to give you something that uh, gives you that exposure so that it can expand your horizon. So I said five years, right? So what most people don't know is around real estate investment. Uh, well, let me start with what you do know. You do know right now to get a um, just a regular home, residential property. The interest rate is going to be somewhere between 6 to 9%, depending on your credit, right? You do know that the real estate market has gone up 100, 200, 300% in some areas just in the last you know three to five years. You do know that it's not really affordable at this point, right? But what you may not know is that high school students and everybody on this call can be buying properties no matter, and you don't need much, right? Do you have $5,000 on your credit card? Do you have a couple thousand in a, in a savings account, which is making 0% when you think about inflation? If inflation is at uh, 9 or 10% and the bank is giving you 0.5%, you're actually losing money. So the only way you're going to make money in a bank is if you have it in a a high yield interest bearing account. And most of the banks won't give you more than three, four, maybe 5% if you're lucky. So anytime you have your money in the bank, you're losing money, right? We know about all of those things, but what we don't know about is that through real estate investing and affordable real estate investing, and we're going to talk about tax liens and tax deeds. You can literally buy stuff that at way pre-pandemic price, uh, pandemic prices. You can actually purchase stuff Students, high school students can purchase some of these properties. Uh, it's affordable. You can build on it. You can flip it. You can do all kinds of different things. You can buy, hold, uh, but you just need to know it exists. So I'm going to give you the, the the 60 second version and then we can dig a little bit deep. How does that sound, Corey? Uh, let's go. I'm ready. All right. So tax liens are something that in any county in the majority of the states, if you do not, if you're a, a homeowner, a landowner, uh, real estate owner, and you don't pay your taxes, what happens is the county has to get their money first. Now they hold they hold first um, lien, right? So basically, they get their money before anybody else does. What's interesting, and what most people don't know, is that in a lot of these states and a lot of these counties, if you actually win that auction and you're you're basically bidding. To, for the county can get their money back, get the tax money that is owed to them. In a lot of these states, in a lot of these counties, once you win that tax auction, it cancels out the mortgage. I'm going to say it again because like it, it may have gone unheard. If you win that tax auction, and I'm going to tell you the difference between tax lien sales and tax deed sales. If you win that auction, the property is yours and it cancels out any mortgage that's on it. Imagine a house that had a $200,000 mortgage. Someone passed away or something happened in probate, whatever happened, like the they didn't pay the taxes, but it has a $200,000 mortgage on that house. You win it at an auction for $20,000. That $200,000 mortgage is canceled out and you just bought that house for $20,000. You you're buying real estate pennies on the dollar. Now, if, if the folks on this call don't just, if that's not enough for you to say, I can buy real estate for pennies on the dollar and it's legal, 
But if you've never heard of this, it's the reason why you never heard of it. It's because the people that know this information aren't doing what I'm doing right now. They're not sharing it, right? And if 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 somebody is learning this in a master class and they were they they actually had you know to pay ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars for this information, they're not going to share it either unless they're sharing it with their family, right? I know this information. I took the I took the master class, my wife and I, to learn about it. Now we're resharing it <laughs> for free, you know. And I can actually charge. We can charge for this information, but that's not our goal, you know. There's there's a saying I heard an uh, uh, inspirational speaker, Les Brown, say something. He said, if you give people what they need, God will give everything to you that you want. If you give people things that they need, you'll have everything that you want in your life. And I'm I'm already there. I'm more than blessed. So I, right now, I, I, I've been given for 20 years, even before I had it. And so um, and now I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper to tell you what the difference between tax liens and tax deeds are tax liens. There's usually you win the auction. Right. And then there's usually a redemption period. There's a period where they say this owner can come back and long as they give you that amount plus the interest rate, they can get their property back. OK, so you have to wait a little bit. But usually the interest rate is anywhere depending on the, the state or the county it's anywhere between two to thirty six percent. We're operating in states right now where we're, we're making around 18 to 20%, right? You're not getting 18 to 20% in the bank. You're not getting 18 to 20% in the stock market right now. So where are you going to make, let's say, up to 36% interest rate on your money? It doesn't exist, right? So you can put your money into a bank where you're getting maybe 3 4% from a money market account, 0.5% in a savings account. Each one of those cases, because of inflation, you're losing money, right? Because inflation is higher than that. In order to make more, in order to make money at the bank, the interest that they're giving you has to be higher than inflation. And if inflation is at seven to ten percent, and they're giving you less than that, you're not making money, right? And so th this is this is the thing: is this that when you're able to make 18, 20% on your money guaranteed, or you win the property if they don't pay you back, it's a win-win situation. So even in a tax lien state or a situation where you win the auction. And you have to wait. Some some states is a year. Some states are four, six months. Some states are two years. But let's say you have to wait a year. Either you get that property, right? Or you're going to get the interest plus your money back. So it's a win-win. Now that's a tax lien. A tax deed sale is when you win that deed. And except for a place like Texas, where they still can get it back up to a year or two, depending on this residential or commercial. But in most states, when you win that tax deed, you take instant ownership of it. There is no waiting, right? And I can go on and on and tell you about some of the stuff that my wife and I have done, but it's literally, you can print money. And these uh, many of these auctions, you do not have to be there for. This is cell phone money. This is These are auctions that you actually can do on your smart device, on your cell phone. These are things that you can do. And my wife and I, and, and I would say, yeah, I'm... I'm more of a junior at this. My wife is is more of the expert. Um, I'm I'm just assisting her for the most part because while I focus on financial literacy and teaching, she is really the one out there that is creating different vehicles. So shout out to my wife Christina because she's uh you know without her yeah I would have never even known that this existed. And so she was the catalyst for really everything that we're doing. And so I utilize all of the learnings that we have collectively, and that's why I'm here resharing. Yeah, definitely, man. And, you know, a lot of people ask me this question. I said, I'm going to ask you, man, 
And so I think I saw it on cool kids like a few years ago, but you know, a lot of brothers been in their homes five, six years, they're around 80, 78%. Um, on their loan and they're like listen man that pmi i'm tired of paying that every month but i don't want to refi because when i bought my house it was 2.5 percent if i refi i'm paying 7.5 to 8 percent to get rid of this pmi is that worth it and is there another avenue because everyone that i've spoken to you know you have to get a reappraisal but you also um you know you also have to basically refinance your house as well and that's where the percentages change so yeah, I mean, it just depends on the bank, right? So, I mean, we were in that situation as well. Uh, and so with the market going up, and usually you get rid of PMI when there's an 80% loan to value. So if if your value in, in that equation, right, when you talk about what your, your property is worth versus how much you owe, if, if that equation is 80% or less, you can get rid of private mortgage insurance, PMI, right? And so you just have to pay for an appraisal. Um, and some of the banks will do it themselves. A lot of them want you to pay for it and do it, you know, with the with the uh, outside third party company. But I think the appraisals, uh, let's say it's a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred to do an appraisal. I forget the exact number, uh, but it was minuscule when you think about getting rid of PMI. And depending on how much your home is, that PMI could be substantial. You could be paying two hundred all the way up to maybe eight hundred dollars a month or or higher based on you know your mortgage, right? And so we didn't have to, you know, the bank that we went through, we didn't have to, um, you know, reapply and, and refinance or anything like that. They just, we kept the same interest rate, but they got rid of the PMI when we showed them that the loan to value. And uh, and I, I'm going to tell you why it's even important to to have, you know, uh, not to pay off your mortgage, right? Um, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, uh, you should just pay off your house. You know, if you have money, why not just pay off your house, right? It's like, why do you even have a mortgage, Dr. Fuller? And it's just like, anytime you can use your house as a bank, right? And your house is a liability. A lot of people think your house is an asset. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why it's a, it's a liability. Anytime you have to pay for something out of your nine to five, it's a liability. But what you can do, and this is what a lot of the, the, the guys, this is what the, you know, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's and the Grant Cardone's. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Grant Cardone because of, you know, his, the stuff that comes out of his mouth sometimes. But a lot of these guys is on the real estate tip are talking about the same thing. It's like, how can you transfer a liability that you're having to pay for out of your nine to five money? How can you turn that into an asset, right? And this is, this is what you do. Like, you don't pay off your mortgage. You pull out the equity, buy an asset, get the asset where maybe it's a rental property, get that ass, that second asset that you bought from your um, your mortgage, right? Pulling out funds from your mortgage, buy an asset with that and have that asset pay for itself plus your liability, right? Now you're not, your nine to five money isn't going towards a mortgage. You utilize the bank's money, other people's money in order to build your, your wealth. And then you start talking about the second property, get the second property, pull out equity, buy the third property with it. And then before you know it, I mean, you property manage these things. And I heard this from Don Peoples. He's a billionaire real estate developer. He was at InvestFest. My daughter, Layla, the same one that rapped to Diddy, rapped to him and Steve Harvey uh, last year. But I learned this strategy from him. He's just like, no, you, you never sell. Never. Never sell your properties. Real estate 
in the, the course of this country, don't look at a yearly basis, look at it as like a 10-year basis. If you look at real estate from a 10-year basis, it's never gone down. It's always going to go up. Real estate in the 80s was much lower than it is now. Real estate in the 1920s was much lower than it is now. Real estate in 2050 is going to be much higher than it is now, right? And so never sell, right? The, the fact that people want your property is because they see value in your property when you don't. They're thinking long-term. And so I, I'll get back to the PMI. You can get rid of your PMI just by simply doing an appraisal, taking that appraisal back to your bank and your lender and saying, okay, I have a $500,000 mortgage, but my uh, value on the house is coming back at a million dollars, let's say. Well, that's a 50% loan to value, right? Anything under 80, you get rid of PMI. They get rid of PMI. And then what are you going to do with that extra money? Let's say it's two, three, four, five hundred $500. What are you going to do with that savings? And a lot of people, you know, unfortunately are going to make the wrong choices. You know, that's why I focus on the youth because when I instill something in the youth, they're not going to make the wrong choices. They're going to say like, no, Dr. Fuller said, don't do this. This is the right thing. Unfortunately, with adults, we get stuck in our ways and we'll take that three, $400 that we save for the PMI. And then we'll go, you know, we're going out to eat. We're going to buy designer. We're going to buy Gucci, Louis, Fendi, Balenciaga. Um, don't get me started. You know, if it's a, if it's a black designer brand, we won't even spend two or 300, but if it's a, uh, something that's coming from overseas, from Italy, we'll spend two to 3,000. You know what I mean? And so like, what are we doing with the money? Um, and so I, I believe in, um, you know, I want people to have abundance, right? Not just for themselves. I want them to have abundance so that the more they get, the more they give. The more they get, the more they give. We all are built with a purpose. We all have a mission to fulfill. And people are like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just a preach a little bit. I'm not a preacher, but I'm going to give you a little, a, a little like people are searching for their purpose, right? You can find the bag by finding your purpose. You can get to the bag if you get to your purpose. What are you good at? What do you love doing? What would you do for free? And how can you use that to help other people? That's what you're supposed to be doing. When you're doing that, the bag will come, right? I'm supposed to be doing this. I've been doing this for decades, giving back to the next generation. I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, I, I just know it. And like, if I, if I can teach 20,000 via Zoom from my bedroom, which I am now, I got a fancy background, but I'm in my bedroom. But if I can do this from my bedroom, what can we all do in our own personal lives? Me personally, I've already hit 20 million, right? Through celebrities resharing the content. If I can do 20,000, I can do 20 million. If I can do that, I can do a billion. That's the mindset we have to all have. And when you start talking about how can we do that, it's like focus on our purpose, right? And then we have to diversify. We can't just focus on our purpose. Like right now, I'm just not focused on, you know, this podcast. We're focused on closings of different real estate projects. We're doing different things, right? We have to diversify. And by the way, I'm still in corporate America. I'm still in corporate America. We have multiple businesses. And everything is about how can we amplify and do all this, maximize our potential through education, through knowledge sharing in order to give back. So I don't know how many lives we've touched at this point, but um, I know it's a lot, you know. And so I'm just thankful that you you gave me another shout out on your platform, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, you Black Men Sunday alumni. You know, I don't want to Ivis in the mics. My man Kalali out of Maryland. You got something, brother? Um, You talked about... um 
the concept of compound education. Could you uh could you uh touch a little bit more on that? Yeah, so there's there's a there's a great book and I've been, you know, kind of quoting it for years, but there's different people that listen to different platforms, but it's something that a uh, a mentor of mine um that had given me, right? She said, read this book. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change your life and your perspective. And, and it was called Talent is Overrated. If you haven't you haven't read it, read it. Um, nowadays with ChatGPT, you can get the main high points of the book within you know 30 seconds. And so, but Talent is Overrated. It was really just focused on um, this whole compound effect, right? They called out examples of Beethoven, Jerry Rice, football player. Um, they called examples of multiple people, including some of the, the greatest Wayne Gretzky's and all of these different folks, right? The, the thing with them is about resilience and starting at a young age and never giving up. And anybody can be, be great. And then, so it has this idea of it takes 10,000, at least 10,000 hours to be a master. You look at people like Kobe Bryant or Jordan or like name somebody, Right. They put in tens of thousands of hours in their craft in order to get to where they are. I put in tens of thousands of hours in the financial literacy. So it's like this comes second nature to me. But when you look, when you look at it, anybody can be great. But the examples that I gave, Tiger Woods started playing golf at the age of four. Every day, practice, lessons. 17 years later, at the age of 21, he won his first master's. 17 years later of continued compounded practice, right? You look at Beethoven, started playing a piano at four. 17 years later, at the age of 21, just like Tiger, staying 21, 17 years of practice, wrote his first symphony, right? The book is, and this is what I've seen as well, with kids and in business, the people that are better, smarter, faster, the ones we look at as being the masters are not necessarily the ones that are smarter or more athletic or whatever, right? They're the ones that put in the most practice, right? They're the ones when you talk about compounding, compounding. And so when we want, we want to get to the bag, right? We want to be wealthy, but we want to start having financial literacy conversations in our adult years. It doesn't make sense, right? Why not put this information in the hands of the youth and have compound education, right? Just like compound interest, anything you keep adding to is you're just going to be better and better at, right? So my my kids, my students, and you know, I invited some of the parents for this particular Zoom call, some of the my finance for kid parents, right? And they can testament to this. I I tell my students, I say, when it is time for you to buy a house, do not just think about a condo, do not get a condo, do not get a single family house. Your first house, you can be mortgage free if you have a duplex, triplex, or fourplex. You get the same residential mortgage, the same first time home buyer's loan, the same three to 5% down payment because it's less than five doors, it's less than five units. Five units and more is a commercial unit, right? You're gonna have to put down 20 to 25%. I tell my students, when you go off, I want you to be mortgage free on your first property. Get a duplex, triplex and fourplex and I show them how they can do it and how the bank will look at your income and the income of those collected rents as to what they approve you for. So my students at that age, by the time they get to the point where, first of all, they're not going to mess up their credit because I already equated their credit with their with their grades in school, 
like a, a FICO score over 720 is just like having an A in school, right? So they don't want to mess up that. So you equate it with things that they know. You equate it with like, do you want to be a boss or do you want to be a worker? If you want to be a worker, right, go buy Jordans. If you want to be a boss, go buy Nike stock, right? I equate things to them in, in ways that they can easily understand. And so, but that compound education is important. So that's why my daughter last year at the age of 10 can rap to Steve Harvey and in, in a, uh, and you should have saw how many people, there was at least a hundred people around him and Don Peebles and not, not even think twice around it because it's like deliberate practice. And that's one of the things in the book, deliberate practice. That's why this year you saw her with Safari, you saw her with Diddy. You even saw my seven-year-old rap into a bunch of influencers with millions of, and they reshared this, right? My seven-year-old, I take them to the studio with me, right? Because I want them to know this information. I want them to know this financial literacy music so they can amplify it. So when you talk about what I'm instilling in my kids, what we can still instill in our kids into the youth, not even, maybe you don't even have kids, right? But you're a teacher, you're an educator, you're a leader. What can you put into the next generation that at a young age, if they just continue to master, you're a football coach, you're, you name it, right? You're a piano lesson teacher. You instill confidence, right? You can be instilling confidence and leadership qualities and public speaking abilities into the next president, into the next Fortune 500 CEO, right? But it has to start at a young age, and that's why we're focused on the youth. Man, you you really hit me both in the head and in the heart right now. I know, uh, I know, um, you know, I I actually realized not at a, not at a, a, a incredibly young age. I was like 18, 19 years old that I had a, a particular type of exposure that a lot of other people didn't have. And what that actually was was I I, I was working for a telemarketing company and I was selling credit cards. So. Mm -hmm. You're selling high-end credit cards, you're cold calling people who have a lot of money, right? Which means they have access to a particular amount of information about finances that you don't. So they gave us a little bit of information, right? Enough mm -hmm. to be able to be dangerous in selling the credit card, right? But they didn't tell us the whole story. But when we would call other people like to sell them credit cards, some of those people would actually stop and be like, okay, you know why this is a bad idea? Let me educate you on why this is a bad idea. And so that's actually how I got my first exposure into financial literacy was actually rich people educating me while I'm trying to sell them a financial product. But what that did is stuck in my head somewhere and it allowed me to like look at finances a little bit differently than a lot of other people um, than a lot of other people look at it. I'm so segueing into this because I actually do have a six year old uh, six year old daughter and a four year old son. And so I'm wondering what kind of ways can we begin already to talk to them? I mean, you've spoken about it already, you know, so I'm just asking you to go into depth a little bit more, but um, what kind of ways could somebody like myself begin to speak to my kids in a way that will allow them to start getting that that 17 year journey, that 10,000 hours of practice in the financial literacy so they can, um, you know, be on their way? Yeah, and I mean, it, like, th this is this is the thing, uh... I'm only one person, right? The, the the people that are in my circle, I really surround myself with with doers, people that have different skill sets that I don't have, but really people operating on the same purpose. Um, I see I see one of those people, uh, Tanya Thomas, on, on the line. Um, I, I work with Tanya and and a, a good friend Terry and on different financial literacy initiatives as well, right? 
but like who are we surrounding ourselves with that can amplify our efforts and so over the years i was able to do many many of these things and talk about like we're only a few people but a few people can do mighty things right when those those thousand people were on the call with zoom that's because ti was on the zoom call helping me to educate right so it doesn't doesn't take a lot to do a lot but when you talk about how can you scale Right. And that's the that's the main thing with business. That's the same thing when you talk about personal goals, when you talk about how can you create impact in the world? We created scalable products. Right. And so the, the hat I have on, I, I wore for a reason, you know, so, you know, because it, when you talk about uh, a message, it's about frequency and repetition. That's what marketing people know. An adult needs to see something seven to nine times before they act on it. That's why you'll see it on the bus, you'll see it on TV, you'll see it on radio, you'll see a, your friend with something, that product or service, and then you'll finally be like, okay, I need to do it, right? And so that's why I wore the hat. Jar, like I said, is for savings jar. It has over 600 pieces of content for kids of all ages, all the way from K through college, we have content. So think of Netflix and then think of this. If you have Jar, I'll, I'll back up. If you have Netflix or Disney Plus, or Hulu, you should have JAR TV because it's on the same streaming platforms, right? And so your four-year-old, your six-year-old, seven-year-old, they can start getting this and it's just, you know, compound education. It's slowly there. And the same thing holds true when you talk about repetition, right? They on JAR TV, for example, they're watching some cartoons around financial literacy and savings and things like that. They're being educated while they're being entertained. Because I have a G-rated financial literacy album, the syllabus, you can also play this in the car, right? It's the beats that we we love, they love them, but all of the words are inspiring, uplifting, educational. There's no talk about adversities, no talk about, you know, trials and tribulations. It's all talk about positive things. You can play the syllabus in church, okay? So now you have TV, now you have music. You also, we're also creating a curriculum. We just finished a curriculum. Um, I invited one of my good friends, Rebecca. She has her master's degree. Um, we just completed an elementary financial literacy music-based curriculum. It doesn't even exist. We created this, right? Um, so now we're looking to go into schools. And so I'm going to be going down to educate around 300 high school students in Atlanta. They're bringing me down there next month. And I'm going to try when I'm there to get this into the Atlantic public school system. So now you're talking about thousands. And so TV, music, in person, you know, uh, on Zoom, I think all of these things. And then from as a parent, it's just about repetition and, and like sticking to it. And when you're at the dinner table, having some dinner table conversations about the importance of smart budgeting, right? Not spending more than you make having a conversation about how a FICO score is equated to a report card, right? And so when they understand these things about passive income, saying, look, um, you buy real estate and the real estate is how we're paying our mortgage right now. We're not paying our mortgage. We bought a piece of property and that property is paying our mortgage. So the fact that you're going to private school, the fact that you're on going to vacation is because we invested in these types of vehicles. It's not just about stocks, right? It's about Everybody think, oh, I have 401k, okay? We don't even know what the tax rate is going to be at once we take out our money from a 401k, okay? The tax rate to pay for all of the things during the pandemic could be 30, 40, 50%. We don't know. So people, you just can't focus on 
401ks, right? Unless it's a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA because it's already been taxed. Um, and we, we talk to adults about those kind of things or, or, or life insurance, how you can pull out um, money from a life insurance and how, you know, we're explaining to kids if the ability to pull out funds from a life insurance didn't exist, we wouldn't have Walt Disney. A lot of people don't know that. Banks would not give uh, Walt Disney a loan to build Disney. He had to use whole life insurance and pull out that and, and we can do that as well. And so your life insurance can be this. So, but having these conversations back to your point at a young age, by the time they get to be teenagers, <laughs> they're, they're gonna be way smarter than we ever were, as, even now as adults, because they have more access to information. Great information, man. About to wrap this thing up, man. Last question. You enjoying yourself on Black Men Sundays, brother? Yeah, man. This has been amazing, man. I'm I'm I saw the progression. I saw episode two of Black Men Sunday, because I Black Men Sunday, because I was there, right? And I don't know what episode we're on right now, but you definitely leveled up. I, I I know you've been out there educating tens of thousands, if not more. And I'm just happy and honored to be here. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, but I think we like on episode 89 right now. We almost Ooh. had 100. So, and you were on episode two. I don't even think I had an intro yet. We were just getting it going, you know. And Corey, I'll give you something real quick. You know, there's yeah. a saying that persistence will get you there, but consistency will keep you there. You could have stopped and and, and all of the, the, the black men that is around you and the wives that's behind the scenes, y'all could have stopped episode 10. Y'all could have stopped episode 20. You're on like 89 now. And, and like a couple of years from now, you're going to be on two, three, 400, right? Consistency is the key. The same way with investing, the same way with health, the, that book, Talent is Overrated, consistency and dedication is going to get to you to mastery at wherever you want to be. So like, I want you to be the next Joe Button getting that, you know, 50, $100 million bag. I want you to be the next million dollars worth the game uh all of the the top podcasts the, the the earn your leisures and the rogans of the world like and it's just with consistency man so i'm behind you 100 percent, man and, and can't wait to see what y'all gonna do in the future yeah definitely and i appreciate that i appreciate the, all the tips today all the gems i appreciate the flyer tips because i'm like oh, the, oh those celebs like flyers i ain't realize they like them like that so i appreciate all your gems all your tips dr marlon fuller Thanks for coming back on Black Miss Sunday. You officially Black Miss Sunday alumni, my brother. Peace. Enjoy your day and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Be blessed. It's a Black Man Sunday. Time to put all childish things away.